And welcome to The Nifty Show, the world's first podcast about NFTs and digital collectibles, as far as you know. I'm Joel Kahn. And I'm Zach Kahn. And we are related. And uh, Sir Lord Travis is elsewhere today. We're glad that you're here with us to talk about real items, real things in the physical world that can be blockchainified. Mm, very interesting stuff. Uh, there's a gentleman we have with us today who I've known for a number of years in the blockchain space. And today he is the co-founder and CGO with RealItems.io, digitizing your products on the blockchain with Web3 protocols. His name is Mark Patterson. Mark, welcome to the Nifty Show. Joel and Zach, thank both of you for having me today. Excellent, man. Glad, glad that you're here. It was good to see you. You, uh, I spotted you on the stage at the North American uh, Bitcoin conference, and you were in a little bit of a debate with, uh, uh, well, one of the other panelists. What was the hullabaloo about there? Well, so the hullabaloo is about, it's sort of this, it's a discussion between, you know, one can argue it's like, debating religion at the end of the day. I take a sort of whole view, world, a whole worldview approach to like, you know, life is very nuanced. There's lots of many different kind of beliefs when it comes to op- what should be open source, what should be the creative commons, what should be the rights of all people, right? Um, and on the other side, so Matty Mo, the most famous artist, he does a lot of really great work. He, you know, you guys know him for the monolith that was all over the news that just popped up in random places all over the country. That was work that uh, he he helped reinvigorate and inspire. But we had we, we got into a di- sort of discourse, and a lot of people actually loved the discourse. They're like, "That's the mo- that was the most informative thing I've seen like all week." Everyone's like very boring. Everyone's kind of you know playing it safe when it came to being on stage and presenting. But I don't like to play it safe. I like to speak my mind, but do so in a way that like ideally people would learn something. Um, yeah, but he he he, he was he believes that everything should be open source, everything should be creative commons, like anything that's made should just be everyone's right. Which, what I didn't say on stage, and I should have said on stage is that, hey, that, that if money didn't exist, hell yes, absolutely. Everything should be owned by everybody. Everyone should have all their needs taken care of. We should just have automation take care of everyone's lives, get rid of money completely. And then everything can be the common heritage of everybody. You know, in that world, if we can get rid of money, then like I'm all for the vision that Maddie painted. But the problem is we have a world where we have money and we need to make money to survive. And mm-hmm. if everything's just, if everything is, you know, sort of creative commons, well, like how are people going to capitalize on their intellectual property to generate revenue for a, a passion or a, like a life that they may absolutely love? Like they have to make, people have to make money. And if everyone's ripping their products and just, it, it, it's going down, you're, you're imagine you get stolen by someone in a, living in a place with the cost of living that's far lower. I mean, it's just like you're, it's just like trench warfare when it comes to keeping mo- your money in your pocket, generating income. I mean, it's, it's the reason real items started is David had his IP. So he patented and invented light up sunglasses. You see it raves. He had his technology stolen and undercut by Alibaba vendors and they undercut him like 10 X and drove him out of business. You know, Maddie is in the case of saying like, Oh, well, Hey, like that's just too bad. Like he, that's business, right? But globalization, you know, to this extreme is also what's depending on, you know, how you're looking at it, giving the rise to authoritarian sort of regimes like the CCP specifically, Mm -hmm. so much tremendous power now. So I guess the point and not to get political or anything, you know, 
bringing it back to more, you know, something more simple is that I'm okay with politics. We don't care the show. Life is nuanced. Life is nuanced, right? It's, there's a lot of nuance and, you know, it's, it's not as simple as like, let's make everything open source. That's really where the debate came. Maddie thinks it's that simple. I don't disagree. I don't disagree that it's not something to aspire to. And it's not something that we all wouldn't want. I'm not anti that, but I think there are a set of things that need to be removed. Like we need to get rid of money if we're going to make that a reality. Yeah, we need to redefine. We need to redefine what value is in society to get to what Maddie's vision is. Um, so yeah, but that was more or less what the debate came down to. It was more of like aspirational, which I'm all about because it gives us a north star to work toward. But then what we can what we can actually do right now. Zach, I, I you weren't there. Of, I, I want to I want to position this and let you guys know that I'm going to find the video and we're going to link that in the show notes. But Zach, I knew you would have something to say about yeah, this. Yeah, uh, that was the most substantive opener to any show I've ever heard. I I heard <laughs> I heard starters for for no less than four separate topics for four completely different episodes um, that may or may not be about NFTs. So that that was um, that was quite impressive. But that said. Um, I, I think it would be good for, for us to get a high-level view of what Real Items is about. Now we know why you've created it. Let's talk about, about what it actually offers. Yeah, so Real Items, so really you know, what we're focused on is bringing physical assets on chain. Um, one of our, the focus that we're specifically doing, so the, you know, otherwise we, we talk about it in, in some of the copy, but otherwise we're focused on this circular economy. And so – you know, in the world as it is right now, there's a lot of businesses that are otherwise being, you know, pushed toward being more circular and being more sustainable. So I'm, sure, you know, depending on who you are, maybe you've heard of ESG goals, which is like a big talking point in government, in uh, investor circles, and consumers aren't necessarily talking about that. But in terms of the 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 characteristics of what they're starting, what people are starting to care about, they want their products to be transparent. They want companies to be more transparent. They want their products to be more sustainable. They want their products to be more personalized and more connected to who they are. Right? There's this sort of le- level of innovation, sustainability, and personalization that we're coming to expect from the things that we purchase. Um, and companies are feeling the heat. I mean, investors are moving toward more ESG investments. And if anyone doesn't know what ESG is, ESG is uh, environmental, social, and governance. So it's these sort of like criteria that allows for companies to move in a direction that uh, supports a more sustainable planet, a more sustainable working environment for, you know, workers having more empowerment to be, you know, treated better, uh, for better governance of these organizations from the stakeholders that are actually involved and not from like a centralized, you know, having more inclusivity and diversity in these companies, um, and also having products and, and, and doing better for just the, the, what they're actually doing for business as business practices. Um, so this is coming down the chain as we speak. It's very hot. Companies are like, all right, we need to be more ESG. All right, we need to be, we need to move toward a circular economy and be more sustainable. How do we do this? And by you combining digital identities and NFTs, we can, we give these businesses empowerment to move in that direction, to have accountability and have insight into the products beyond the point of sale. So a big problem, so we're solving very specific issues with sustainability and circular economy that beyond that we can include like oh you can connect this by the way did we tell you you can connect this to the metaverse you can connect this to your digital wallet you can connect this into DeFi, and these are things that are on the roadmap but this is all things that are possible beyond you know having identity for a physical thing scanning it knowing it's authentic um, and being able for an enterprise 
or a consumer to be able to track that, to be able to participate in, in resale markets. So, you know, for a lot of these companies that we'd otherwise be talking, be speaking with, um, there is this need that, you know, their current software can't service these changing consumption patterns in the market with, from people wanting more transparency, more sustainability, and, and businesses are currently incentivized to only just keep selling you products. And that, that stuff ends up in a landfill. And they have no real insight into, well, where is it ending up? Like, wh- where where is the stuff? Because once a business sells you something, like if I, you know, a business sells you this Yeti cup, there's nothing about this Yeti cup that would tell a business where it is. Right? I, I can't scan this and see the identity of where this has been, where it's going, who's owned this, right? Like, otherwise... There's no insight into this. So a business is just incentivized to keep selling you more and more stuff. But you could if you had an NFC tag on it. Uh, yeah. For those who don't know what that is, near field communication. Is that right? Yeah, is that so, what NFC stands for? So it could for? be NFC is one option. Uh, serialized QR codes are another, which is a bit more, you know, it's more scalable because QR codes, you can print it on like a consumer packaged good, which is otherwise, you know, it's really cheap. And no they one could be one ofs too, right? Each QR code could be different. Exactly. So like you produce like, all the every single thing that's produced, like these are all one ofs, right? Like every at some you know molecular level, everything is a one of. It's unique, um, and we're simply giving everything its own identity, so that you can now make products and make these hold these companies more accountable to sustainability, and you can also make it more profitable for these companies. Um, we can make sustain. It's just changing incentives. Like there's a lot of people, and you know, I empathize is that they think that capitalism is inherently just like wasteful and we're pillaging the planet and it's we're 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 pursuing profit at the expense of our environment which yeah they, they say that as they're using their iphones right uh, the yeah. the most hypocritical example possible uh, right on its face but at the same time um you know i i do think it's fair to make those critiques because it's like you know for the most part the companies are the ones that are it, like consumers ultimately can't really do anything besides changing what they are expecting of, of companies and companies adapting to that, right? Like ultimately all this waste does come on the shoulders of what these giant corporates are doing. I mean, they are the ones producing all this waste, right? Um, so, I mean, I think, I do think consumers are, have the right to complain because it is the companies that have to do something and we're, we're giving them the tools to better enable that. And we can do that. We're doing that with NFTs and digital identities. So yeah, otherwise, we just all we have to do is changing change the incentives, right? We can change the incentives, and we can continue to drive we, we continue to drive value and profit to these companies while being sustainable. We make sustainability profitable. It's like it's that's possible, and we can only do that with digital identities and blockchain and NFTs. So beyond the art, you know, beyond just the collectible JPEGs, you know, NFTs and, and these digital identities are going to be a part of like every single thing. Like, it's going to be like the internet. It's going to be connected to everything we own. And it's going to help move us toward more sustainable business practices that are also, you know, incredibly profitable. So I, I want to stack up a couple questions that I, I think are both very critical here. One is knowing that major corporations operating within capitalism tend to be very amoral entities, as in they're they're just pursuing this goal of profit and financial sustainability over everything else. How does the system allow them to increase their profits? And then my second question is, uh, in the course of having information that is associated with a physical object and intended to be accessed by other parties, 
parties other than the consumer in possession of the product. Is there any sort of risk of personally identifiable information such as the precise location of the objects um, in real time or anything of that sort? Yeah, so when it comes to the location, it's, you know, it's, it's more or less opt-in when it comes to scanning. So whether a consumer wants to scan it or not, I mean, it's opt-in, right? They have to, they have to choose to participate in this. Um, and there does need to be a lot more innovation when it comes to the specifics of like, the, you know, the embodiment of Web3 around owning one's own data. Like that's still quite early in, in, in terms like, yeah, okay, we have our own MetaMask wallet. We have our, our, we have our own non-custodial wallets. But the infrastructure to support like true ownership of your own data across your interactions on the internet, that's still early. Um, and we're, we're moving in that direction, right? Um, that's ultimately where we'd like to see this, this company go. We want to see you know, all applications go because in the big picture, it will be like driving an electric car. It's a competitive advantage to have a consumer own their own data because when you, when you request access to that data, well, now the consumer has all that data. A company that otherwise that a consumer would have control over who has it that's a huge repository of data that is all in a single place that isn't spread off across all these silos. So ultimately, when it comes to innovating and creating actual better products, it's going to be better when a consumer actually owns their data and has that control. We're going to be able to create even better applications and exist having it in silos, right? So ultimately, this is you know it's it's going to be a natural progression toward this ownership of data where people will otherwise own it, and the applications will be like way better than they are right now, more personalized more intuitive to like the needs of the person, but that person also has that control, right? Um, I want to, I want to make this more visual so people understand exactly what we're talking about for those who don't understand the connection between a physical and digital. When we were at the conference, you had a, um, a necklace you were wearing. There it is right there. Let's go ahead and zoom in on that, Chris, so we can get a view of this and go and tell us what that is and, and how this is an example of a real item. Yeah, so this is just a this is like a cute example of us, you know, having a talking point. We go to events to talk to people about. So this, you know, this is a necklace. This is it says Wag Me on it. So we're all going to make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this has an NFC tag inside. So what I do here is I scan this. It shows up right here, and then whoops, I open that NFC. I'll turn the brightness of my phone. So do do NFCs? Uh, do the readers not like it when you have a case on your phone? Because I'm trying to. Ah, uh, so it's, it's both. So it's both a case, and you have to do it at the tip. So you have to do the tip of, your, of the phone right here. Yeah, I'm but doing that. I'm not having any. You have to like move it around a little bit because often the case is a problem. Like there's some wood. For example, on this necklace, there's like wood here, so it's hard to scan it. But otherwise, mm-hmm. then you know it opens up the wallet where it has the NFT. In this case, I already own it. Um, and what we did really, it's really special with this specific one. So beyond, you know, in terms of Zach, what your question was around uh, how to actually generate more revenue. Uh, some of the things that we did that, that's cute in terms of innovating on these physical things. So, say, you know, when we have a world of more sustainable products, we're, we're serving value to these businesses. Otherwise, we can then enable them to do more with their, the physical stuff that makes them more engaging, makes it more exciting and fun for a consumer. So in this case, I can actually add memories to this NFT. So here, actually, this, on this one, I have the first memory added to this was uh, with Joel in Miami. So this is a picture of us just after speaking in Miami, and that's that's living in this NFT that stays with this NFT. And, and it and it's barely living in. I mean, in my memory, it'll go away, but you know, because I'm old and I forget stuff. But that is now documented as part of that NFT. Now is that right? Yeah. Yep. And you could do that with you know any stuff. I mean, if you had a celebrity that had like a jacket that they're known for, like Michael Jackson's thriller jacket. I mean, imagine 
all like personal memories and personal experiences he adds and li- and that lives with this jacket, right? Um, that if, if someone would own it, they have access to this very intimate part of Michael's life that otherwise is only accessible through the jacket. So there's a number of new kinds of protocols and experiences that beyond the sustainability stuff that I was speaking about, you create new ex- new ways to engage with physical things that you otherwise could not do in the past. So that's something that we're really like really excited about is you know beyond so. Zach, to come back to your question, in terms of how people can make more money is that, and how businesses can make more money. So specifically, resale is exploding as a market. Re, the resale market is specifically in apparel, and that's going to apply to all stuff. So a great analogy for the viewers is, think of what SpaceX has done with reusable rockets, and that is going to apply to all stuff. Everything is good. Like, we, like before Elon came and made rockets more reusable, they would just like throw it away. It would just blow up. These The shuttles would just kind of go to waste, right? They, and, quote unquote, end up in a landfill, you know, millions of dollars is gone. But we do the same thing with all the stuff that we buy. Everything we buy, it just gets thrown away, ends up in a landfill. It's incredibly destructive to the environment and very wasteful. Uh, And giving these things a digital identity, we can make them more easily reusable by having the materials that are part of the identity such that if you give it to a recycler or a waste manager or someone that's doing resale, like they know the product they're selling, they know that it's authentic, they know it's not a counterfeit, they know what's in it if they want to take it apart and make new products with it, right? So there's this means of being able to enable resale, which businesses and even consumers were never able to take part in and, and, and with the brand directly. So we give the brands an incentive to now, oh, we can get revenue from reselling stuff that we otherwise couldn't get access to previously. And then beyond that, making it easy for all these different partners in a network for circularity to, okay, I want to otherwise you know, take this apart and use some of the material in this for a new product, right? they can do that when they have these digital identities that are connected to these physical products. So just having that insight into what it is, how they can reuse it, having this data uh, easily like shareable from the identity for the specific good perspective across different stakeholders that can make use of it. Um, that's something that we're you know really excited about. And we see as a, as a, the next big opportunity is enabling the sort of reusability of all things. This is a lot to swallow. There, there are a, a lot of unprecedented things happening here. For example, uh, the kind of agency that this sort of physical good would grant to users. And so that I, I think that there's, there's I'm, this is just thinking a lot. There's a question there as to whether consumers would would actually like that agency. Now, I, I like to come from the perspective that, yes, please maximize my agency. I want to maximize everybody else's agency who's consuming my products. Um, but then I'm also contrasting that with modern culture. And I, I think you would agree that there, there is a contradiction between those two. But clearly, you can see you you have this this belief that this is going to be adopted, adopted widely, that this might even become a new standard for physical items. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, there is, uh, this solves a lot of problems when it comes to the environment, which is very critical, but it doesn't have to come at the cost of like innovating, creating new ways for us to engage with stuff. It's, it's like, it's, it's doing both at the same time. It just seems, it, this, it, it, to me, to us, to us as a team, it's inevitable. But this is going to happen whether we do it or someone else does it. It's going to happen. It's like nature. Nature itself is finding a way to do this, right? We're just being we're facilitators of what nature itself wants. So whether you know we're the company to do it, then there's going to be we have competitors as well. Like it's 
it's going to, this is coming down the pipeline and it's, it's going to happen. Nature wants real items. So uh, before we began, uh, the show was talking about the project that uh, Zach created called Draco Dice. Mm-hmm. And um, just today we collected the list of addresses of people that in this vast collection collected all 300 of the Blockchain Heroes dice. Um, and we promised them that if you collected a full set of dice by December 31st of 2021, that we were going to manufacture a physical set of Genesis dice. These here right now, these are only NFTs, but we're going to make the physical dice. They're going to be badass. And so we started thinking, all right, how would we apply this idea and technology to um, to these dice? And I'm wondering, since you engage with this all the time, it's now your you know, your life mission, how would you approach it? So do you want these to be integrated in some sort of like a metaverse game at all? Because I know you have it here for so this digital game, and I understand these are dice. I'd love to understand the context of how, yeah, like how this is going to, how this is, is being used right now. I understand that there, you have blockchain heroes boxes. I understand this is, is there a game that they can currently use these dice for? Or is it just really so, collecting? Very quickly, um, Draco dice are cross game and cross chain. So instead of being play to earn focused NFTs in this closed system where they can't go anywhere and players can't do anything with them outside of that one game, the idea is that there are these standardized assets that can easily be integrated into other play to earn economies so that the value they hold is similar to the value that physical dice hold. You can play hundreds of games with your physical dice. Why shouldn't you be able to do the same with NFTs? Now, in terms of the physical dice that that we uh, promised as a result of this sort of activity uh, that was intended for a promotion, uh, before, before we started having this conversation, the coolest thing that we would have been able to do accessibly would have been to just add um, a QR code that links to an NFT that would be associated with the particular set of dice that somebody was given. But if each one of these six polyhedrons that were going to have manufactured in some physical capacity was similar to that necklace that you just demoed for us, that could be significantly more amazing of a collectible. And it could be that uh, that sort of link between a physical item and not just a digital record, but digital utility as well. For example, maybe somebody who has those physical dice would want to be able to play digital Draco dice games with them. Real items could make that possible. Yeah, you could certainly connect the, and, and this is actually a conversation that we were just having uh, before I jumped on this call, is that, you know, connecting a, like a metaverse asset. So they have, so with, with Decentraland, they specifically have these models like GIFTs format, like the format, it's like an updated version of OBJ, but basically being able to connect a metaverse asset to the physical thing is that that's something that we very much are, is on our roadmap. Um, we've done it with a, with one of our shirts on our store, the future is fidgetal shirt. And we, and by the way, a, a shorthand for what we're doing, we call them fidgetals. So physical digital, making them one thing, call it fidgetal. Um, we did do this with a Roblox shirt. So you could like buy the shirt, have the, the, the uh, Roblox asset that's actually connected. So you can actually see, yeah, we actually have the asset connected to the physical thing. So th- we could do we could, we very much want to do the same thing for we could do the same thing for dice and then have, you know, ideally you would on your guys end you would need to set, you know, program it in such a way that like in terms of how that dice interacts in these digital worlds. I mean, that's we can serve as the bridge, but otherwise you would need to 
you know, facilitate the programming of like the interaction. Well, what's but, happening in your brain right now, Zach? I want to know. I I can't quickly answer that question. There are there are multiple trains pulling out of the station and tearing down the tracks. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, possibility here. So it says here, this is a VeChain NFT, and I just want to be clear that you're supporting across yep. um, different chains, right? Yes. So that one specifically was done on VeChain, uh, but we are multi-chain. We're on Ethereum, Polygon, and VeChain, and we're adding more chains as we speak. Wait, and this could be mined for $50,000? Is that what that is? Is this the first digital? That, that is that is the first one, uh, at least the first one from real items. Whether or not it's the first in the world, I don't like to make those statements because, you know, I, I can't possibly know. And often people have the same idea at different times, right? In, in different parts of the world, they'll have the same idea for a company and build things up. So maybe it's a first, but it's, it's, a, it's our first. So Nice. Well, very cool. Um, I think that obviously this technology is here to stay and uh, people can learn more about it. Realitems.io is the primary site. Realitems.shop is where you can get one of those uh, t-shirts. There's a video here you can watch about how it works or you can get on uh, for a demo with Mark yourself and he'll walk you through it if this is right for your business. Uh, Whether or not you're going to use it for business, understanding that you as a consumer are going to encounter these items um, will give you a head start and an advantage, I believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we see this as this sort of like long tail of where products, all products are going. I mean, they're all going to, it's going to be, you know, governments are starting to mandate identities for products. And it's like, great, the governments are mandating identities. Why not also make those ready for Web3? We can do that. We don't, it has to be like one or the other. It can be both at the same time. So I want to be off chain. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of mandating my identity. Like, yeah, I mean, there, I, I, but I'm sure, Joel, you, you know of like a lot of the good work that's being done in privacy and, and not specifically having identity on chain because identity should be off chain, right? That is off chain data. Like, decentralized identity is our off-chain sort of data schemas that so otherwise yeah i mean you're you're totally right and that's your your identity should not be publicly on chain like that should be an off-chain it wouldn't be very scalable or very effective if all of these identities were all on chain you know there's a this yeah but yeah but no you're you're totally right there zach did you have something else um nope not at the moment No further questions, Your Honor. Uh, Mark, thanks for coming on today and sharing with us. And uh, thanks to all of you for going down the rabbit hole. Hope to bring you more of the future of what's coming and bring you guests who are doing cool stuff in the NFT, digital collectible, play to earn, metaverse, all of the things, whether digital or physical, here on the Nifty Show. And Zach, what do we do next? We keep it nifty. Looking into the future, what do we see? It's lined with digital collectibles, we call them NFTs. Games, trading cards, digital art, and those crypto kitties. Joel and Zach are the hosts you'll know. Joel and Zach say this will blow. They're locked and loaded, so ready, set, go! It's the nifty, really kind of spiffy. The nifty.